Hello there, this is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The podcast where I watch Doctor Who and about it, I tell you. Uh Uh-huh, you mixed it up a bit there. (laughs) Oh, we like to have fun here on this show. Indeed. So... Yeah, Kyle, tell us, what have you been up to? Yeah, it's been a little bit since we've recorded. Um, Yes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so they were doing some work on the house next to ours. Um, Next to, to mine, I should say, and my partner's, and... Yeah, it was it was too loud to record because basically that would have been like a couple of yards from where I sit when I record just out my window, and um, we had to delay our recording. So for yeah. us, it's been a while, but for you, it shouldn't have impacted the release schedule. So to you, I think that you've still been receiving your beloved Doctor's Watcher every two weeks as usual. The only terrible audio that we want to make you listeners listen to is from Doctor Who. That's right. <laughs> and us. And us talking. <laughs> yeah, that, that can be terrible sometimes. <laughs> Our jokes. So I think this might be the first episode we've recorded since the end of the actors' strike. Yeah, hooray, congratulations. Yeah, I wanted to acknowledge that. I wanted to congratulate the actors for kicking the asses of the fucking asshole producers and getting a good deal. So, strikes work, unions have power, good to pay people for the work that they do. Good to pay people for the work that they do. It's good to pay people. <laughs> pay them. <laughs> Indeed. We believe in paying people on this podcast. And yeah, I'm glad that the actors and the writers who strike ended a while ago are also all going to get paid. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. On my end of things, before we got started today, um, I was doing dishes. But before I was doing dishes, I was playing some Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And man, I am... I am in a very exciting part of that game right now, so it's kind of hard to stop, but <laughs> um, I do love the Doctor's Watcher and here for you fans, so nice. I hope you appreciate it. Stuff's happening in the game, but I started I'm here talking to you. Sorry, Kyle, I keep cutting you off. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I started playing Baldur's Gate 3. I'm not very far into it yet, but I started it. It's a lot of fun. I also started playing beam ng drive which was a recommendation from our musician circuit 23 oh cool and it's basically a a vehicle simulator so it's a driving game cool and yeah it's thing is that it tries to be like super realistic so (laughs) that's fun and yeah it's fun to to wreck cars in a video game because i never do that in real life yes especially at extremely high speeds (laughs) yeah yeah one of the reasons that i've stopped messing around with the side quests and uh i'm trying to wrap up the main plot of jedi survivor is so that i can join you guys in playing baldur's gate 3 because i know several of our friends have played it or or are playing it currently and um I want to know what happens. I want to play some Baldur's Gate. And as much uh-huh. as I love Star Wars and I'm really loving Jedi Survivor, there's so many games out there to play. And uh, I have quite limited time to play these days. Um, so gotta got to finish the plot, find out what happens. Um, don't have time to go looking for all the little collectibles and stuff. 
So one last thing I wanted to mention before we get into the episode is that in the past month or two, I've noticed on our statistics that we've had a lot of Canadian downloads and especially of some of our older episodes. So I wanted to give a special shout out to all of our Canadian listeners both Uh, those listeners that are currently caught up and especially any backlog listeners who may have started, you know, sometime in toward the end of 2023. Yeah, very cool. Welcome to our neighbors up north. Hope you're enjoying our show, eh? (laughs) (laughs) And that's the quality of humor you can expect from this podcast. I mean, our statistics show that they've listened to several of our episodes already, and so I assume that did not come as a surprise, <laughs> the quality of our, uh, of our show here. speaking of our show should we get into the next episode let's do it awesome So, Season 3, Episode 28. The Return. The Return. Yes, excellent. This is the third episode of our current serial, The Ark. Yes. And you may recall that this entire serial is legally available on BritBox, so you can watch it that way. We went from a serial where not a single frame still exists to a serial where every frame exists. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least has been recovered. We always Uh hope that somewhere out there these things exist. Yeah. Um, There was actually... uh, I think you and I are about to say about... I think we're about to talk about the same article. I'll I'll let you say it. This is your show. I'm just a (laughs) co-host. Yeah. So there is actually that story that listener Danny shared with us recently about apparently some old Doctor Who collectors who apparently have some of these missing episodes, but like are worried about giving them up to the BBC for some reason. I wasn't quite clear on why they don't want to give them up, but yeah, the article referred to some incident in, I think the seventies or something like maybe the eighties, a long time ago in any case where somebody was found to have kept episodes of a BBC show. It might have been Doctor Who, I don't actually recall. Um, But it was a a BBC employee or a former employee who had used their position to acquire the tapes. Um, And so, you know, they got in trouble for it because they were, you know, it's literally stealing from your employer. Sure. Um, But... uh, yeah, at the, the article was saying at this point, come on, guys, just just declare like you know uh, 
I don't know, uh, amnesty. I think they might have even used that uh-huh. term. <laughs> I feel like amnesty for when yeah. everyone's got your show at this point. Let, let them come forward. Let them share it. Like, <laughs> the statute I feel of like limitations they, on stealing yeah. episodes of Doctor Who. Oh, sorry. I just keep talking. <laughs> Please go ahead, Kyle. <laughs> I feel like if they turned him into the BBC at this point, like, probably the BBC would just thank him. I hope so. You know? But they need Hopefully. to say that. They need to, like, put that on paper. Yeah, it would be nice for the BBC to publicly say that. I agree. Okay. I feel like that's what would happen, but I guess who knows with bureaucracies and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, governments. Yeah. It might depend on like who it is who comes forward with it. Like, oh, this asshole. <laughs> I uh-huh. knew it. I knew he was stealing the tapes. He's so going if, straight to jail. If the person who has those tapes is listening to this podcast and you're an asshole, just send them to us and we'll turn them in anonymously for you. Yeah. You won't tell anyone that you're an <laughs> asshole or that it was you who had the tapes. Uh-huh. But we'll know. We'll be silently judging you. <laughs> so do you recall our Cliff Dangler from recording several weeks ago? Yes, I recall our Cliff Dangler because it was one of my favorite Cliff Danglers that we've had so far. And because I watched the episodes. So oh, nice. Sometimes, not often, uh, sometimes after we record, if there's an especially good and or wacky episode and it's available on BritBox, I will go and check it out. And so I have seen the first two episodes of The Ark. And it was interesting, kind of like, you know, it's a, it's always sort of strange after having heard about him on The Doctor's Watcher to watch it for myself and to see Kyle's descriptions <laughs> in in person. Um, like uh, in the starting scene where there's a, a lizard and then this bird um, comes out and starts annoying or harassing the, the lizard. It's very obviously someone from off camera who just kind of throws this bird at the lizard. <laughs> and the bird just seems more annoyed by that. It's fine. I mean, you know, uh-huh. it wasn't like a hard toss or anything. <laughs> just kind of, you know, shaking its wings and, and flapping and, and indignantly. Um and uh, when Kyle was describing the outfits that the characters are wearing, he's describing like these collars and then there's strips of cloth coming down from them to make the outfits of these people on the Ark. I was imagining like a big, big wide collar with these narrowly spaced strips of cloth showing a lot of skin, you know, in there. <laughs> but no, the strips of cloth are pretty much next to each other. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not, I, was ex- I was picturing some like space hippie kind of... Gene Roddenberry vision type of thing. <laughs> you can see um, that they're basically just wearing underwear under it, but you have to be looking for it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you even described it as them wearing swimsuits underneath. But yeah, it's it's they're pretty well covered up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, another thing I want to mention, having seen it, was that we were speculating whether the statue that they were building was going to be a, a man or a woman or androgynous. And Kyle was saying, yeah, it's kind of androgynous. So I actually left that part in. I said I'd remove it if it wasn't. Um, and the statue is wearing these like kind of unisex ancient times skirt clothes. Um, you know, these like knee, this knee length skirt, like what you'd see on an ancient Egyptian statue or, you know, mm-hmm. more likely a, a pop culture version of an ancient Egyptian statue, <laughs> but no shirt. So otherwise looking kind of androgynous like that it had this sort of prince valiant page boy haircut that a lot of the characters on the arc have 
And but the fact that they had a skirt type of thing, but no shirt makes me think it's probably a man, but still kind of androgynous. So I left that part in. Um, yeah, that's fair. The statue was fairly flat chested. Yeah, but but still, you know, yeah. no no like overt, very masculine signs like right. Like fairly standard build. Um, no no facial hair, that type of thing. Um, all the, uh, yeah. So so that brings us to speaking of the statue. Our cliff dangler, which is one of my favorite cliff danglers in all of Doctor Who. So people, I was thinking about this, like thinking back on previous cliff danglers and like one of our favorites from before, which I've heard described as one of the best cliff hangers, not just cliff danglers, but cliff hangers because <laughs> it's described by other people. One of the best was um, when the uh, when they're in the destroyed ruins of London um, and the Dalek comes out of the Thames at the end mm-hmm. of the, the first episode of the Daleks' invasion of Earth, um, which might be, I think, objectively a better cliff dangler slash cliffhanger uh, if you're a you know, professional person talking about this. But seeing that statue after 700 years and seeing it completed and you pan up, pan up, pan up, uh, seeing how you know each piece of it has already been completed... But then you get to the top, and instead of a human head, it's a monoid head. I'm into it. I dig it. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty great cliff tangler. Also, in the episode, they say that the reason it's going to take 700 years to build this statue is because they're building it the old-fashioned way, and you can see them kind of like sculpting the parts by hand, or you know, at least there are tools around. Or I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly how they did it, but they they get it, the the point across that this is basically being made by hand. But even so, the statue is only like maybe 10 or possibly 15 feet high. <laughs> uh, they're not making much progress if this took them 700 years, uh-huh. is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I think the intention is that we're supposed to think it's like, you know, maybe 100 feet high or something. And they're doing yeah. like some camera tricks with like foreshortening yeah, and stuff. But it yeah. it only kind of worked. <laughs> Yep. So after the cliff dangler, the PCs realize that since the statue is completed, 700 years have passed since they were here last, which must mean that the arc that they're on is nearly to the planet Refuses 2. Heck yeah. It does seem a bit strange to them that they haven't seen any NPCs around yet, though. Hmm. It looks like the Ark has auto-navigation technology that it didn't have 700 years ago. Hmm. But, you know, they still kind of figured that, you know, there would be someone here to keep an eye on things or whatever. And I want one eye on things, Kyle? (laughs) They continue investigating and... They end up finding like some scanner screens basically showing different areas of the arc. And as they look on these scanners and see like some scenes of things that are happening on the ship, it becomes clear that the human NPCs are now serving the monoids as opposed to the other way around 700 years ago. Dun dun dun. Yeah, man, I've been eagerly waiting to find out what happens because, uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, we've delayed recording a little bit, and that was uh-huh. a heck of a cliff dangler. So here we go. 
Let's find out what happened. So as they watched the scanner, a few monoids and humans enter the room they're in. And would you like to guess to what extent has human fashion changed in 700 years? Not at all. Not even the slightest bit. (laughs) (laughs) You are exactly correct. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Doctor Who costume department budget. (laughs) (laughs) The monoids however, do look a little bit different than they did 700 years ago. They are now wearing these like metallic collars. And it turns out that the collars aren't just for fashion. They also allow the monoids to speak. Oh, very cool. Yeah. It's like, I think some kind of telepathic thing. It reads their thoughts and, you know, has a speaker in it or whatever, that kind of thing. Cool. 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 I mean, they could speak previously. They just had to use sign language. Um, Right. And we did get the impression that not all the humans on the Ark knew sign language. So now they can speak to the, uh, this new servant class of humans. (laughs) Uh huh. Yeah. I guess I should say that they can now speak vocally or, you know, audioly. Um, when you said they had a new outfit, I'll, I'll admit that now knowing that the monoids are now in charge, I for a moment pictured them wearing like suits and top hats and <laughs> they all have monocles on. Oh, nice. <laughs> but uh-huh. they only have one eye, so it's just kind of like perched <laughs> in the middle there. <laughs> so one of the monoids starts questioning our PCs about who they are and where they're from. And the doctor explains that they're visitors from the past who are friends to all on the spaceship. You mean of the humanoids like yourself? Well, uh, yes, uh, but when we were here some time ago, we also were friends of your forebears. They were called monoids. Things were very different then. Interesting. But now the monoids are called humans, and what was called the humans, they're now called the duoids. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So this monoid explains that after the recent revolution, they're the masters. Hell yeah. And they decide to take the PCs to the monoid leader. Cool. I'm into it. The monoid leader won is in the main offices. (laughs) Very cool. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. One is watching the previous episode, The Plague, on the view screen, or on the scanner, and we see the scene from that episode of the monoid driving the PCs out to the TARDIS in the jungle set, and then the monoid leader turns the scanner off and invites the PCs into the office. Dude, how wild would it be if that first episode had been a lost episode and (laughs) the only part of that episode that we had was like on the scanner that the monoid is Uh watching in this episode? Yeah, totally. That would have been great. I mean, I'm glad that we have the episode. I do prefer that (laughs) version, but... (laughs) Uh One says that they brought a fever on board last time they were here, and Dodo points out that the doctor also cured that fever. Mm-hmm. One's like, he thought he did. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, it turns Whoops. out. Maybe the, we should have tested it after all. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, the doctor's treatment 
was effective for the immediate impact of the fever, but this fever apparently later mutated into a variant that weakened the humans, which actually helped the monoids take over. So it sounds like the monoids only just recently did the revolution, is that right? Yeah, that's what they said. So I don't know if this fever's just been around for 700 years <laughs> or what. Yeah, it took a while. <laughs> uh-huh. Apparently in this revolution, though, a lot of the humans or a lot of the duoids were killed. Dang. And the rest of them are now prisoners and basically enslaved workers of the monoids. Well, as much as I was happy to see the uh, the formerly, I guess they weren't like super oppressed, but they did seem to be some sort of servant group. Uh, as much as I like to see the group that was below the previous group socially now on top. Yeah, maybe maybe we should just all be equal. Maybe maybe no yeah. enslaving people. <laughs> so one calls for the monoid who brought the PCs to Nice. <laughs> very, very creative naming uh, schema uh-huh. here. Tells two to take him away and also to call for a grand council. Oh, I'm into it. Can't wait to see what this Grand Council looks like. Hey folks, isn't this a good podcast? If you like what you hear, let us know. You can do that on social media or by email, or by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Another thing you can do if you like this show is let your friends know. Word of mouth is the best way for us to get new listeners. And now, back to the show. So two takes the doctor and his companions to a kitchen filled with a bunch of other duoids where they're going to help prepare food, basically. Cool. All these other humans have been sharing rumors of strangers on board, and they basically all know who the PCs are. But Steven's just, like, focused on trying to find a way out. Steven should be focused on chopping those vegetables. They're not going to chop themselves. (laughs) We cut up to the control deck where one is talking to two and three about how they'll arrive at Refusus soon and it will become a monoid world. Nice. One has a plan to destroy the Guardians which is what the, the the duoids or the humans call themselves. They're like, you know, the guardians of the human race. Yeah, those are like the, the awake humans because most of them right. have been miniaturized and uh, kind of stuck in stasis for the trip. When we start our life on that planet, it will be with no reference of any kind to the time when we were secondary beings. Hell yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to be cheering for the monoids quite this much, but... uh... (laughs) It turns out that they don't actually know what the planet Refusus is like, or what the Refusians who are on that planet theoretically are like. Yeah. So one decides to send a scouting party ahead. Three points out that this will forewarn the Refusians... But apparently, and four said, I'm not going to warn them. No, no, uh, for, forewarned. I, like I said, it's not me. Apparently, one has a plan about that. 
But of course, we don't get to hear the plan. We cut back to the kitchen. I wonder if it might involve our PCs. (laughs) (laughs) In the kitchen, one of the humans drops like a little tablet basically into a pot of boiling water and it turns into a pot of boiled potatoes. Nice. When you said drop the tablet, I imagined them dropping like an iPad in there. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what, what's going on? Either like A, butterfingers, uh-huh. or B, that's an interesting way to make potatoes. But yeah, <laughs> a, 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 an actual like tablet. tablet yeah, this like, is like, a, like an Alka-Seltzer tablet. Gotcha. <laughs> Steven and Dodo ask the duoids or the guardians or whatever we want to call them, why they don't just steal one of the monoids heat prods, which is like the weapons that they use to keep the humans in line, I guess. Very cool. Heat prods. I dig it. But apparently the monoids are too careful with these and like never put them down, basically, is what the other humans say. They decide that they'd better just go ahead and try something. And then two happens to show up. So Steven and one of the other humans grabs two and they try to take two's heat prod but before they can get it three shows up and uses their heat prod to kill just like some random dude oh dang Uh uh-huh at which point steven and the other human like you know back down basically yikes whoops sorry sorry buddy (laughs) Uh uh-huh my bad my bad Two and three take Dodo and the doctor from the room, saying that they're going to be part of the first landing party on the planet Refusus. Yeah, seems like the sort of thing the doctor would normally be into, but I think in these circumstances, maybe not so much. Yeah, the rest of the landing party is going to be two and some dude (laughs) (laughs) some dude in a red shirt Uh i mean we can't tell because it's in black and white so maybe red little strips of fabric hanging from his collar so the four of them ride in this little module down to the planet where they land in a jungle the module opens and they don't see any refusians around so two orders everyone to start looking for them. Move carefully, and don't forget that I am still armed. All right, all right. A little little aggro there, come on. Uh Uh-huh. So they all leave, but the camera operator stays with the landing module, and inside the landing module, the cushion on one of the seats becomes compressed as if somebody is sitting on it. An invisible behind. And then one of the module's levers moves, and the module's doors close. We hear a voice say, Hey. And then the lever moves again, and the door opens. That's the doctor's catchphrase. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, and then the lever moves again, and the door opens again, and... The cushion becomes uncompressed. Very interesting. The landing party is still unable to find any signs of Refusian life. So two starts to wonder if the audio space research that was done from the Ark was incorrect, maybe. (laughs) 
Well, uh, that's one explanation. The doctor suggests that they should head back to the landing module so they can report back to the Ark that it seems pretty safe to land. Dodo says that the sooner they get started on, you know, getting everyone moved down here, the better, because it's probably going to take a while. And Two's like, Don't worry, it may not take as long as you think. <laughs> wow. I love it. <laughs> Dodo, of course, infers this to mean that the monoids are up to something and maybe they're not planning on bringing the miniaturized cold storage humans down to the planet at all. Yeah, that, that's what I was getting out of that too. <laughs> uh-huh. But before they get too far down this line of questioning, the doctor calls them over to look at the matte painting he found nearby that shows the distant landscape. I love it. We were all wrong. This place is inhabited. Come, see for yourselves. It's a sort of a castle. Cool. It's a pretty sci-fi-ish looking castle. It's got lots of like tall, narrow arches and some cool spires and stuff. I dig it. So they all start to head towards the castle. And meanwhile... A plant in the area twitches as if something bumped into it. Ah, uh, very cool. What were those invisible bear-like creatures um, that fought the Daleks? Um, I can't remember what they were called. Yeah, I, just think I it's can't interesting either. that, like, not so long ago, two two serials ago, we had invisible uh -huh. creatures then too. Right, and weren't they like eight or nine feet tall or something? Yeah, it's a it's a good budget saving technique. <laughs> yeah. Saves money on costumes, actors. <laughs> we cut to inside the castle's lobby, basically. The door opens and the landing party enters, finding the lobby deserted. Two decides to try provoking the Refusians. So they pick up an empty vase and smash it on the floor. Okay. And then they take the flowers out of another vase and throw the flowers to the floor and they pick up the vase and are getting ready to smash it. And the doctor's just like, dude, chill. We're trying to like make friends here and shit. And then another voice is like, yeah, dude, chill. <laughs> uh, very cool. Two calls for the voice to show itself and you know, continues to act not chill. And pretty soon, the voice is like, You have been warned! And what seems like some unseen force causes to, to put the vase back onto the table. And then the flowers, like, float up off of the floor and go back into the vase. Oh, very cool. So how do they do this effect? You know, I'm not entirely sure. I would guess that it was probably maybe they had like a wire pulling the flowers out of the vase and then they reversed that film. Cool. That would be what I would do at least. Yeah. It's an effective way to do that type of effect that they used to do yeah. back in the day. So the voice says that it's in the room with them and the doctor motions for two to lower the heat prod. Back on the Ark, one and three are waiting for two's report from the surface, 
and three asks about one's plan to destroy the guardians one explains that a fission bomb has secretly been made oh, dang. and it's hidden in the statue and it's ready to be detonated at any time so they're basically going to set it to detonate shortly after all the monoids leave the ship oh dang Little do one and three know that one's main servant dude is watching them and listening to them on, you know, one of the live stream scanners, basically. Cool. The servant dude goes to the kitchen to tell everybody about what he's just learned, but they all have a hard time trusting him because he's a collaborator. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, he's still human. Yeah. He tells them that the monoids aren't going to take the humans to the planet. And the other humans are like, yeah, duh, obviously. <laughs> but when he tells them about the bomb, that's news that they didn't expect. Yeah. Unfortunately, one didn't actually tell three, like, out loud where the bomb was. They just, like, pointed to the statue and the collaborator dude didn't see that, so he doesn't actually know where the bomb is himself. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, the humans all know that there's a bomb, but they don't know where. In the castle, meanwhile, the doctor is now seated at a pretty nice table in a pretty nice room. He's talking with the disembodied voice, as Dodo stands at the door, basically watching out the door and, you know, standing guard, I guess. Mm -hmm. The voice confirms that the Refusians have known about the Ark approaching for quite some time. They actually welcome its arrival. That's why places like this castle even exist. They were specifically built for the coming settlers to use. Oh, that's nice of them. Once... We had a shape and form something like you. Then there was a galaxy accident, a giant solar flare. Now we no longer have a being that you can see or recognize. Oh, you gotta watch out for those galaxy accidents. Uh-huh. Those solar flares. So yeah, they're pretty glad for, you know, actual physical people to come settle Refusus and give the planet signs of life again as long as the settlers are peaceful. Uh, well, uh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Meanwhile, two and some dude are heading back to the landing module so two can warn one and the other monoids about the invisible refusians. The dude decides that he's not going to let two warn the monoids, you don't say. Uh-huh. Since, you know, they're not planning on bringing the humans to the planet, so why should we help them? So he attacks two. He tries I'm to sure get... this is going to go well for him. <laughs> uh-huh. He tries to get two's heat prod, and he does get it, but not in the way that he intended. No, oh, I uh, was so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So two is now unopposed. Two heads into the landing module and Dodo and the doctor find the dude's body a few moments later. 
Bang. Rip. Uh-huh. Rip some dude. Some dude. Two calls the Ark and starts giving a report to one. But before they get to the bit about the invisible Refusians, the report gets cut short when the landing module that two is in explodes. Oh, shit. Also, it seems like you'd start there. Like if, yeah. if you found inhabitants on your planet and they're invisible. I, I, I feel like I'd, I'd kind of lead with that. That's kind of the most important piece of the report. I mean, it's nice. You know, the weather is, is fair. Um, uh-huh. They've There's got, a pretty cool uh, castle. Grass. There's grass. Yeah, the castle. It's nice. Let's talk about the the spires for a bit. Um, uh-huh. There's arches. Uh, whoops, kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> Dodo wonders what they should do now. And the doctor's like, well, I guess we wait for the next landing party. Hope there is one. Uh-huh. And I guess they're not just going to leave, but... Dodo actually wonders, like, what if they do just decide to go try for a different planet instead? And the doctor's like, Well, in that case, we shall just have to stay here. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the TARDIS is back on the Ark. And as he says that, the words, Next episode, the bomb appear on screen. Man, this next episode's gonna be the bomb. <laughs> Which I mean makes me think this episode is called the return, but they're not really they've never been here before, so they're not really returning. They're more like yeah. just arriving. arriving. Unless it's referring to how the doctor and his companions returned to the same place they left, but in a different time. I guess that um, could be at the end of the last episode, right? That seems like the the most returny thing in this episode, though. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what they're going for. Oh, cool. I dig it. We got, we got invisible refusians. We got bombs. We got multiple... Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was actually a bomb that blew up the lander, but uh, a lot going on. I have been very eager to find out uh, what happens in this episode after that cliff dangler, and this one did not disappoint. It's a fun one. Yeah, for sure. So uh, what kind of notes did you have for our listeners? So this is the first episode that is released in 2024. So I guess New Year's was a couple of weeks ago by the time you listened to this. But Happy New Year's to all of our listeners. Happy New Year's. Let's hope 2024 is going well so far. Indeed. What is it? I think 13 days in. I'm pretty sure... Gen 13th is when this is released. Something like that. Cool. Well, we'd like to thank uh, Circuit23 for the amazing theme song that he made for us. You can find his album on Bandcamp and check him out on SoundCloud. And you can always email him at circuit.23 at gmail.com. Thank you, Kyle, for watching Doctor Who and telling me all about it. And thank you, Benny, for listening to me talk all about Doctor Who. And thank you, listeners, for listening to me, listening to Kyle talk about Doctor Who. 
We'd love to hear from you. Um, send us an email at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or write to us on the, uh, the I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the Twitters. We'll call them the Twitters. We're, <laughs> yeah. We're Dr. Watcher. All right. Y'all, y'all knew that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Tell us what you thought. Indeed. And tell your friends to listen and that sort of thing as well. Yeah. Leave us a five-star review. Or at least give us a lot of stars, if you feel so inclined. <laughs> we hope you do. And we'll see you in two weeks for, for the, the bomb. bomb. Bye. Bye. space research that told us of the refusions was wrong. Let us return to the launcher and send a message back to the Ark. Tell them they can make their landings quite safely. I'm sure they'll be extremely delighted to hear it. <laughs> yes, I bet it'll take some time to get the whole of the population down here, so the sooner you get started, the better I should think. Don't worry. It may not take as long as you think. What do you mean? Are you up to something? Uh, no. No, but you gave yourself away, didn't you? I've got a feeling when the time comes, you're not going to bring the Guardians down here at all. Is that it? But they promised... I don't care. I'm right, aren't I?